we're back at Goddard Field with Alcoa now enjoying a 21-7 lead with 127 left to go in the third quarter. It's going to be a short kick, high end over end. Actually, it goes back to the back, man, and he better get on it, and he does. He takes a generous hop, and he's still up on his feet. Alcoa kind of over-pursued as the ball took a very generous hop when the deep man let it go. And Charles Gaunt is the recipient and almost turned that into a big play as there were a couple of missed tackles. He was able to get outside and finally ran down by pursuit by the Tornadoes. Marty, a secret safe place for newborn social media shout-out to Judy Dunkel, my grandmother, listening into the ball game tonight, a.k.a. Granny. Granny, hope you're enjoying the show. I know that Michael and Jesse were listening earlier, found out you were too, so always appreciate the love and tuning in. We hope you're enjoying the broadcast. Is there a new quarterback in the game? Nope. It's still Beam in the shotgun. He's going to turn and give, and it's going to be about a two-yard gain right up the middle for number 21. That is Jackson, or Hudson Jackson, and it will be second and eight. And this uh, take-your-time offense is not going to work unless they can score every time they have the ball. Because right now, their defense, well, one thing they can do, Heath, is they need to pick up a couple of first downs to keep their defense off the field. Yeah. If they don't, Alcoa's going to score again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're absolutely winded. <clears throat> Who's your quarterback when Alcoa comes back on offense? Man, Marty, I mean, I think it's tough. I think that Lunsford has proven himself and done quite a good job. But, I mean, at this point, you've got a two-score lead. You've got one quarter left. You might get uh, Saftar back in the ball game, get him a little bit more action. He struggled. I don't want to even say necessarily he struggled early on. I think the exchanges, the, the connection between him and his running backs was a little bit troublesome. Have to work on that some. Um, but this could be an opportunity for him to do so. But I'd like to see him get a t- chance to throw the football around a little bit too. Yeah, but you want to pr- protect a lead and not give unnecessary. Well, even if you bring him in maybe for a series, let him throw a couple short ones, get some confidence back you know, his way. Last play of the third quarter coming up. Alcoa looks like they're going to blitz, and they are. It's going to be on a run, and it's going to be a first down. No, it's not. It's going to be on a first down run. It is a nice run. Breaking tackles is Jackson or Hayden Jackson or Hudson Jackson as he gets the ball out past the 40 to the 43-yard line, and that'll do it for action here in the third quarter as Alcoa will take a 21-7 lead into frame number four. We're going to take a 60-second break, and we'll be back with fourth-quarter action from Goddard Field and Alcoa right after this. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations, with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation review and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Goddard Field and Alcoa, where the Tornadoes lead the Blaze 21 to 7. 12 minutes left to go. Alcoa on defense. The Blaze moving the football. They're out to their own 43 yard line, I do believe, Heath. And they've got a second down and short or a second and four upcoming. And they really need to do something on this series or they're going to be in trouble. Nothing else, just keep their defense off the field. Yeah, and, and luckily so far, Marty, the defense has had an opportunity to get a breath as Blackman has moved the football somewhat down the field. The running game starting to kind of wake back up for Blackman. Alcoa needed a break, too. 
to take a minute for their guys to take a breather and kind of rotate some guys in and out defensively. Coaches making the necessary adjustments, and we'll see if Alcoa is able to stop the blaze here and get the ball back to their offense. That is, it is second and four, ball in the 43-yard line as we begin the fourth quarter of action. Alcoa with a two-score lead. It was back and forth early. Alcoa in this third quarter, Marty, finally able to get two more touchdowns on the board and uh, open this thing up a little bit. And some more secret safe place for newborns. Social media shout-outs to Brenda Spence, Cindy Montgomery, Donnie Rawls, Charles Ratliff, Scott Brooks, Michael Burns, Jamie Lunsford, Christy Millstead, Bernie Gladden, as I gave him a shout-out earlier, listening in from New York, New York, Jason Henderson, Janet Peterson, Becca Daniels, Robbie Lotz, Nick Floyd, and we'll get more later on as it is now second and four, and the Blaze have the ball, and they're in a shotgun with two receivers to the left and a wing to the right, and it'll be a throw to the left behind the receivers, a little screen pass, and working hard for his yardies, yardage is Jotarion Thomas, and he's going to be short, Heath. It's going to be third down and... A long one is they've got to get the ball near the 47. The ball sits at the 45, so good defense that time by Alcoa. Boy, this Alcoa defense is fast, Heath. They certainly are, Marty. And misdirection is really going to be probably your best bet as Blackman was able to do it there. Threw Alcoa off just enough to be able to get a few positive yards. And shotgun formation. And he'll move his back. That is Hudson Jackson to his left. And he's going to drop, drop. He's going to be forced out of the pocket. Looked like Summerall was being held. And number 18 with a shot on the quarterback. And that one's going to leave a mark. Yeah, he's feeling it, Marty, as he was slow to get up there. Just another hard shot. And you can tell he is worn out. He is worn out. And he took a real shot that time from number 18 of the Tornadoes. That is Major Newman, and I mean, he just came full speed and has hit the quarterback hard. Now, he's, after they attempted that little pass, now they're looking at fourth down and a very short two, long one, however you want to call it. And they're running from a shotgun with beam one back and a wing, two receivers to the left, one to the right. They move left to right on your dial. It's going to be a give to Hayden Jackson. He's not going to get it, Heath. He is wow. way Way, way short, and it's going to be tornado football at the Blaze 45-yard line. And Marty there to meet him, none other than Camden Burden. Burden there, the star linebacker, the transfer last year from Sevierville High School, formerly a quarterback at Severe, as well as playing defense. He came to Alcoa, told Coach Rankin, I don't want to play quarterback. I want to play defense. And Marty, <laughs> that shows you right there exactly why. I'm just laughing at Peggy Brack having to play get back coach she's changed coach nicks off the field coach nicks was fired up after his defense held right there and then rankin was out there shouting instructions she's trying to grab him by the belt to pull him back peggy does a little bit of everything down there she gives the referees water she takes care of our kids she looks after the coaches she's a get back coach Uh, just a great job and she is well respected and loved in the alcohol community Four is back in at quarterback. That is, say, Saftar McCrary. Saftar McCrary. I'll get that name right by about game eight or nine. <laughs> the McCrary's back in at quarterback. He's going to keep it himself. He's going to take it over right tackle, take it down to the 41. So he'll pick up four yards on his effort there on first down. 10-30, that is what is more important, Heath. And now the clock becomes a big nemesis of the blaze. And it, once again, will be Safdar McCreary. He'll take the staff. He'll turn and just give it this time to the back, still on his feet. It looks like that's number nine. That's Jordan Harris. And he takes it down to about the 36. He's going to be a yard shy of a first down. And it's going to be fourth or third and one at the 36. Two down territory, I, I think. Don't you, or do you punt it right here and maybe make it a long field? Nah, Either way, going. Yeah, I do too. Nothing else. Put put Safdar under center and just let him dive forward twice. He's a big boy. 
And some are all late onto the field now. Must have been getting a drink of water. And Rank is now going to take a timeout with seven seconds, and he's going to be not real happy with his offense, and more more than anything with with Summerall. Yeah, he's the first kid <laughs> coming off the field, and <laughs> he's giving him a little what for right now. They're having to waste his second timeout of the half with nine thirty four left to go in the game. Alcohol leads twenty one seven. Let's take a thirty second break. I want to take a break just so I can hear the music coming back for a bumper when we come back after break. We all want our loved ones to be safe. Denso in Maryville is at the forefront of creating technology for safer vehicles while keeping their employees safe with social distancing, face coverings, thermal screenings, and more. Join the exciting automotive market with Denso in a fast, challenging, clean, and safe environment. Starting hourly pay is more than $14 with an increase to more than $15 after 90 days, plus 401k, paid holidays, and vacation. Start your future now. Visit DenzoCareers.com slash production to apply equal opportunity employer back at goddard field it will be heat what we called for in the first half it's going to be camden burden under center and they got the stack eye and i believe that's sankey dotting it they're going to give it to sankey he's hit first in the backfield keeps his legs moving he gets down inside the 40 to the 39, and we got some more fisticuffs going on. That is, yeah, that right there was another pancake block by number 65. He drove his opponent 20 yards downfield and pancaked him. Number 99, get out of here. He throws his helmet completely off the football field. Yeah, I'd be embarrassed, son, if I had got blocked and push 20 yards off the football. Yeah, and he was the one that really, really ratched it up whenever he got up. Rank is not happy with any of his players right now. And, 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 and you can't blame him, but there was nothing that 65 for Alcoa did right there. That is Kane Birchfield, but completely embarrassed his opponent. I'm not going to give the kid's name. Well, yeah, I am too. Number 99 is Cameron Pleasant. He's 6'1", 255-pound senior, and he got blown up, sir, on that play. I tell you what, Marty, 65 for Alcoa has just been putting people on their backs all night. Uh, He's a name we haven't really talked about before, but certainly a pleasant surprise to see as this young man, the junior offensive lineman, has made his presence felt. Boy, he's just manhandled him. That and that kid is 25, 30 pounds bigger than Kane is. But Kane just give him whatever they're feeding Lance Williams. He must be eat some of it too, Marty. Yeah, I want some of it up here at halftime to get me through and being so lethargic and brain dead. <laughs> but he completely blew that kid 20, 25 yards off the football. Now what they're doing? is they're going to find out who they're going to eject. And what hurts now is these kids will have to miss the next game, I think. Well, here's the thing, too, Marty, and I hate to say this, but we've seen some of these all night, and unfortunately they've gone both ways. And so I'm a little worried that we're going to see something towards Alcoa as well. Nope. 99's ejected. Personal foul. Two personal fouls against Blackman. Ugh. And another two ejections. Oh, and, come on. No. They're the one punching us. You can't punch the player and eject the one that's getting beat up. Well, the kid that was uh, getting beat up, and I hope it's not number 65 that's having to leave. Well, it looked like, Marty, maybe I'm wrong, but look like they called a personal foul on us, but it looked like they ejected two players from the play. They did. I don't think our kid got ejected, I don't which either. is good. They, they needed a play, but that's 15 yards. I don't know if that offsets, but – Two personal fouls equal 30 yards minus one personal foul. So we yeah. still should pick up 15 yards right here. And they just had two players ejected. Man. I hang your head in shame. I love being a homer and getting to just say what I want to, more or less. <laughs> all right. I mean, all I know, Marty, is if I was Coach Hartsfield, I'd be giving that kid an earful. Yeah, you got to. 
you got to be more disciplined than that. I mean, that's just uncalled for. And Alcoa will get a Dwight Price of Realty Executives first down at the 16. And with 9.22, I don't want to gooch anybody, but uh, Blackman, go start the bus. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for listening in. Appreciate it. We're trying to get things straightened out. Um, they're going to call the captains to midfield now. Uh, I'm not sure what, what's going on, but they're, they've called Beam and Cox to midfield. They were the two captains at the first of the game. The officials right now are laying down the law. They're saying, hey, enough of this stuff. Play clean. If not, we're going to run everybody. And, and Beam's a good kid. I really yeah. like him. He's, he's got class. He handles himself well. And Alcoa's really loving it right now. This is, this hey, is football. And, and this is the thing, Marty, that you appreciate, though. This is why these kids were captains tonight for a reason. You see Isaiah Cox come over to his team huddle. He, before players got on the field, he called them back over. He talked to each and every one of them before they entered the field to make sure that he knew he set the tone for them and said, hey, cut it out. That's called leadership. It is. But I still love the fact that guy got blown 25 yards down the field and then pancaked. <clears throat> and now into the game, we've got a freshman in at tailback. That is Elijah Cannon, and he'll be in the stack. It looks like Alcoa is just going to run it right out of two tight ends, three tight ends in the game, and a full backfield. And, and now it's going to be Burden rolling out, throwing a pass, and it is a touchdown to number 44. That's the Heron Sutter. The Heron Sutter's. They took a cheap shot out here. Oh, no. Camden Burden throws a touchdown pass, and that's a little salt in the wound right there. And that is, uh, they look like they were going to just run it right at them, and you put Camden Burden in the game. He rolls out, throws a pass to Sudrath, and that's a little what for. And then they take a cheap shot on the quarterback, which wasn't called. 9-13 left in this game. It's 27-7 to now, Alcoa. Anybody that had any concerns about the tornadoes before the season as the kick is up and doing, and it's now 28-7. to If anybody had any concerns about if tornadoes were going to be small on defense or maybe soft on defense, you could put that to bed. And their offensive line that, that Rankin was concerned about, they beat up a much bigger squad tonight in Blackman. And now the Roadrunners, when they watch this film tomorrow or Monday, strap them up, boys. It's going to be a slugfest next week at Austin East. When Marty, obviously, after the referee talked to both captains, it's apparent the Blaze didn't get the message. As unfortunately, the cheap shot block on Camden Burden and we hope Burden's okay for his sake. Uh, a tremendous throw by what would, would really, at this point, Marty's your third or fourth string quarterback. Right, third string. He don't want to play, but but Rankin did say in the, the interview that they're going to use him um, on Wildcat, and he said some other situational football. And that, that play right there was nothing more than Rankin not only sending a message to the Blaze, but he's, he's sending a message to people down the road that it's like, hey, you can't sell out against the, you know, the stack eye. If you want to try to stop the run, we'll, we'll just drop back and throw it over your head. Yeah. I didn't see it. I was looking for the, you know, the catch in the end zone. But Blackman, I don't know how good they're going to be this year. They really miss funky stuff alone. And the kick is high, end over end, will go out of bounds, and that will give the Blaze the ball at the 35-yard line. I'd like to thank Josh Stevens as well for the new gear that we're wearing tonight. Always takes good care of us. Only thing, there's no food in the press box tonight. We're going to try to see if we can't get some Chick-fil-A up here for the home games because those are individually wrapped. 
you know, it's not an open, it's not open like buffet style like we normally have up here. And I usually put on a lot of weight during football season. So, <laughs> we'll just tell Josh not to add the add the waffle fries. <laughs> <laughs> right, they're open. Can't have that. <laughs> and Beam is now back in shotgun. Two receivers to his left, one to his right, and he's got Hudson Jackson flanked on his right hip as he'll turn and give the ball to Hudson Jackson, and he'll be ripped down immediately by Sudruth, who just caught the touchdown. Nine minutes left to go in this contest. It's Alcoa 28, Blackman 7. And I tell you what, Coach Rankin's got a very good poker face. Because when I spoke to him the other day, he really had me wondering how good his team was, if he really thought they could beat uh, a big 6A school like Blackman, especially as young as they were on the offensive line and at quarterback. But this team is good. And they're going to try it again, and that run will go for a loss as well as it's just a gang of tornadoes just swarm the running back, Hudson Jackson, and knock him backwards. What is the total yardage for the Blaze tonight? Blackman has 21 yards total offense. 21 rushes, negative six yards. How many yards do they have passing? Any? 20? They got, so they've got 14 yards of total offense tonight here at Goddard Field. And, wow, that's a good job. Mm. And then you talk about some alligator arms, but a good job by Beam looking off his receiver. He looked like he was going to throw the screen, and he had number three, that is, Todd Lark open in a seam, and he heard footsteps, and he really alligator-armed that one. Well, and in number three, Marty took a big old lick by Isaiah Bryant at the safety position as Alcoa has started to um, bring some players off the bench as we've got some backups in. And it will be Ronald Jackson back deep to cover this punt now. Snap. The kick is away. He doesn't rugby at this time. It's going to be end over end. And once again, boy, he gets a good roll every single time. As Ronald Jackson lets it hit, and it rolls out at about the 25-yard line. So from the 35 to the 25, about a 40-yard punt with no return. You'll take that every single kick. And it's 7.36 left to go in this contest. Alcoa leads it 28-7. And we'll see who's back in at quarterback. The first team offensive line is back out there. Well, not 65 is not. He's getting a break. But it is the quarterback number four. That's McCrary. He's going to load up. He's got a wide open number three that makes the catch at the 40. Finally drug out of bounds and thrown down. At the 30, and that's a big play right there. And the the big guy from California showed his arm right there. Yeah, and an even better catch by the senior wide receiver, Landon Ford, the 5'7", 150-pound wide receiver. Good job getting down the field quickly and making a strong catch. And they may be now letting uh, McCrary work on his, his downfield throwing because he didn't throw the ball downfield at all in the first half. Uh-huh. He threw one to Braden Anderson, but that was about it. And Alcoa will send two receivers right, one to the left. They've got a lot of backups in now. they got Brown at running back, who will get the ball on a give. He's got a hole. He needs to hit the hole a little bit faster right there because there was a big hole, and it closed up quick. And there's still some fisticuffs going on down there or some extracurricular activities. But Alcoa and Brown pick up about four on the carry. The ball is at the 27-yard line of the Blaze. And it'll be second down and seven. 6.45 left to go. You can almost put this one in the books. You've got a freshman and Elijah Cannon in the backfield, as well as number nine, now, that's 25 in the game, too, and it'll be the freshman 
Cannon getting the carry. Looks like a young Blake and Ship. Too. And Derek Foster, a junior, a 5'855 pound running back, was also in the game at the, at the moment. Henderson with the tackle. It is going to be third down and five now, probably two down territory. Six minutes left to go. 28 7, Alcoa. A lot of, lot of backups in now for the Tornadoes. You got Jamal Williams in now. You got number 81, who is Seth Green. And you've got number five, who is Colby Bledsoe. And the give will go to the freshman in the backfield, and he just lowers his shoulder and runs over a couple of blades. And he'll pick up the Dwight Price of Realty Executives first down. Five and a half minutes now, and the ball will be placed inside the red zone at the 18-yard line. Quite a bit of playing time tonight for the running back and Elijah Cannon. Marty had a lot of playing time early on on defense and now getting a lot of opportunities in the backfield. Alcoa operating in the common sense pest control red zone to give once again to the freshman who's making it look easy, Heath, as he picks up another Dwight Price of Realty Executives first down all the way to the six-yard line. Yeah, Elijah shot out of a cannon. Good run that time for the first down. And Alcoa even closer as they're in the red zone. That'll put Alcoa at the six as Staffdar gets the play from the sideline, bring him back in to the offense. So, Cannon's still in the backfield. A lot of younger players in the ballgame now for Alcoa as they're just trying to get some experience. And this is what we talk about, these late-game situations. Alcoa has the opportunity to give these young men a lot of playing time, some time under the lights that prepares them for the moment when their name is called. Indeed, they're in the common-sense red zone at the six. First and goal. The snap comes back to McCreary. He's going to keep it. He throws a stiff arm. There's going to be a hold, I believe as McCreary's pushed out at about the two-yard line. So it, the, the, the flags are thrown where you would guess a hold, an offensive holding, took place. I am correct for the first time in a long time. <laughs> so that'll move it back to about the 16, 17-yard line to be in the common sense pest control red zone. It'll still be first down. <clears throat> the ball will be set down at the 18-yard line, so they indeed will be in the common sense pest control red zone, but it's going to be first and goal now from the 18 as they move the backup offense out of the huddle and into position. It's still the starting quarterback in the game. And he turns and hands it. McCrary hands it to number seven again, who's made a lot of good runs here late. That's Elijah Cannon. No size and weight for him, but he is a freshman. Marty, some uh, secret safe place for newborn social media shout-outs for those showing us love on our Too High Facebook page. I'd like to thank Don Nyberger, Mary Ward, Calvin Hines, and Kathy Hitch for listening to the broadcast tonight and keeping up with us on Facebook. Thank you so much. And thanks, Josh Stevens, for the water up here in the press booth. Not as hot as it normally is this time of the year, and it feels good. 310 left, 28-7 Alcoa. Ball in the air, thrown, caught, caught. What a great throw and an even better catch over there by number five, is it? I can't get the number, Heath. It was a throw in the corner of the end zone. I believe it was landing forward number three, Marty, but I'll tell you in just a moment. He's getting uh, huddled by the team. Yeah, that was three. Landon Ford with the touchdown. Landon Ford, 5-7, goes up tall and makes a great catch from a great throw from the Alcoa quarterback, which now moves it to 34-7, to pending the point after touchdown. Kick up. Kick doing. And just like that, it's 35-7. to 
We're going to take a 60-second break, and we'll be back with the kickoff right after this. If you have property to sell or you're looking to buy, call Dwight or Sarah Price at the Dwight Price Group Realty Executive Associates, and they can help with all of your real estate needs. Remember that no one sells more. Call 888-SOLD, which is 888-7653, or go to DwightPrice.com. The right home with the right price. Not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blount County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as termite protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at commonsensepc.com. Again, phone number is 865-389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use common sense. We are back at Goddard Field and set for another kickoff by the Tornadoes, it will be fielded by number three. That is Todd Lark. He's found a wall, and he looks like he's just going to run out of bounds. He had a tornado on his heels, and he didn't think he was going to outrun him. But that was the only tornado close by. Why not try to turn it back upfield so it can get out of it? I'll be trying to save his body, Marty. He's, he's taking a lot of hits tonight. Indeed, he has. And Alcoa has been extremely physical tonight. You see if the Blackland Blaze continue to keep their first string offense on the field. Marty, it certainly looks like they're doing that. And Dean is back out with the Blaze offense. And Jackson, the starting running back, still out there. And there's the four, number 14. That's Steven still out there. And a sidearm throw is complete out to midfield, and that'll be enough for a first down. That is complete to number seven. That is Mark Super Cooper. And it'll be a first down now, and adding to their offensive totals are the Blaze. They're up to about, they may have 30 yards total offense now. They've got 30 yards passing, minus six yards rushing, 33 total yards. That's about right, 33. And well, that's going to go back as it is going to be a sack. Put him in a bag. He is sacked, and he's not getting up real quick. Is the quarterback beam? And I feel sorry for him. Yeah, they've got to get him out of here. I feel sorry for that kid. He has taken a brutal beating tonight, and that is all the way back to the 36-yard line. So that was a loss of 14. So they go back to 19 yards total offense. Yeah, Marty, he was trying to escape the clutches of Major Newman, and there to meet him was Derek Foster, the 5'8", 155-pound junior linebacker. And then they just kind of fell on top of him as he went down. And it was a give to Jackson. And if they want to preserve the quarterback's life, just keep giving the ball to Jackson. Well, he's got a lot of fight. Yeah. He's out past the 40, out to about the 44-yard line. So he's got about eight yards on that carry. It'll still be third down and very long. It's going to be third down and 16. You know, Jackson's a player, Marty, that's been playing in the varsity team for a few years now. When I had the opportunity to talk to Coach Hartsfield about it, he said, yeah, he may not have been the starter the last few years because of Malone, but we consider him – just as well the starter the last few seasons because of the amount of playing time he's had. Wow, what a great open field tackle over there by the Tornadoes. Is that is that Sankey or is that Jackson? A great, great screen pass, and they had the numbers out there, and there was one Tornado out there to stop him before the first down marker, and that was Ahmad Sankey, if I'm not mistaken. If he turns around, I can really see his number. 
they're kind of scrunched under the shoulder pads on the front side, and I wouldn't know why Sankey would still be out there. That may be number 19, which would make more sense. That is Jamal Williams. And the clock is about to expire. Six, five, four, three, two, one. And that will do it from Goddard Field. Alcoa starts 1-0 with a beating 35-7 over the Blackman Blaze from Riverdale. They got a little what for tonight at Goddard Field, and Coach Rankin has to be extremely pleased with the way his Tornadoes played this evening. And unfortunately, you know how most teams slap hands at midfield after a game. There's none of that this year due to uh, COVID restrictions. So Blackman's going to kneel in prayer over on their side, and Alcoa will huddle on their side and will enjoy this 28-point victory over the Blackman Blaze. We'll be back with the Bob Ramsey State Representative from District 20 post-game show. It is paid for by the committee to elect Bob Ramsey, Bob Ramsey Treasurer. We'll also have the Denzo scoreboard during the post-game show as well. Take a three-minute break. When we come back, we'll have all the statistical information and scores from around the area and here tonight right after this. Hi, I'm Bob Ramsey, and I am running for re-election to represent District 20 in the Tennessee State Legislature. It has been an honor to represent the interest of Blount County in Nashville. The history and development of our community are at the forefront of the decision I am asked to make in the legislature. Throughout my years of service, your calls, emails, and letters have played a large part in the decisions I have made. With your dedicated civil engagement and insight, I have continued to introduce support and pass legislation you have asked for resulting in growth and progress. There is still much to be done, especially in these unprecedented times before us. Proven leadership and know-how is imperative as we address the difficult issues that lay ahead. When I say your choice for your voice, that means I will continue to fight for your choices. I have yet to waver in my commitment to speak for all of Blount County the best way I know how. I thank you and appreciate your support as we continue to move Blount County forward. I'm Bob Ramsey and I approve this message. Well, it's finally fall and now's the time to refinance your home mortgage. If you've purchased a home in the last few years, gotten a divorce, gotten remarried, need to pay some bills or make home improvements, or you just need to save some money each month, call me, Lee Franks, with Volunteer Home Mortgage at 865-238-7500 and let's run some numbers. Rates are at historic lows, and we might save you some money. I'm Lee Franks with Volunteer Home Mortgage, 865-238-7500, NMLS 1641325. Yep, it's that time in East Tennessee. Football time in Tennessee. Hello, friends from Twin City Certified Used Cars, Trucks, and SUVs. If you're in the market for a light new pre-owned vehicle, let Smiley Riley and Twin City Certified in Maribel be the choice. Over 600 pre-owned to choose from. It's auto buying made easy. 865-980-2600 or click TwinCityCertified.com. See you soon at Twin City Certified in Maribel. If you own a SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Stevenson Tire show you what the Yokohama Geolander HT Geo 56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it's one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. And not only is it built for exceptional all-weather handling, but it's also designed to provide an amazingly quiet and comfortable ride. All this and a mileage warranty up to 70,000 miles. Check out the Yokohama Geolander HD Geo 56 at Stevenson Tire today. 2411 East Broadway Avenue, Maryville, 983-1621. And see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Pack it up, pack it in. And we're back. Welcome in to the 
Bob Ramsey, State Representative, District 20, paid for by the committee to elect Bob Ramsey, Bob Ramsey Treasurer. Post-game show, I'm Heath Dunkel, alongside Scott Dunkel. And, you know, the song like that, Scott, just makes you want to jump. And uh, great job by Alcoa as they wrap up their first win of the season. And they defeat the Blaze of Blackman High School 35-7. to It was a game that started off a little slow for the Tornadoes after driving down the field on their first offensive possession, getting stopped at the one-yard line on fourth down. Blackman gets the ball back. They're unable to score. Goes back to Alcoa. The Tornadoes struggle a little bit as well. Finally get seven points on the board, but then really don't do much after that for a little while. But you see Blackman start to get some things going, and it finally takes the second half and a little bit more uh, momentum on the Tornado side and wearing down the Blackman Blaze defense Excuse me, for Alcoa to get some things going. But, Dad, I'm going to turn it over to you now so we can talk about the statistical breakdown of this ball game. Thank you, Heath. And, yeah, it was kind of an interesting pretty much for the first half and then opening the second half where Alcoa fumbles, Whiteman picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown. At that point, I think Alcoa kind of hit him in the mouth a little bit, took it in the chin, said, okay, we're not going to let this happen anymore. Alcoa reeled off 28 points, unanswered points after that touchdown. So we'll get a little statistics here for you. Blackman, 22 rushing attempts, a total of two yards, six of 13 from the air, one interception, and 34 total yards. Drew Beam was the only quarterback for Blackman tonight. Um, And he was also sacked about three times. The workhorse, for the most part, for Blackman was Andrew Hudson-Jackson, 13 attempts for 32 yards, and that was pretty much about it. The rest of the Blackman team pretty much was running for their lives, especially um, Beam as he had a negative 16 yards tonight. Also, um, and again, sacked about three times. They had the ball for 20 minutes and 41 seconds. Not a lot of offense. Total of 35 yards from scrimmage tonight. Go on and look at Alcoa here. 40 rushing attempts, 232 total rushing yards, 11 of 15 with one interception and passing 173 total yards and 405 yards out of 55 total plays. On the back, Blackman's up just a little bit. The 35 was total plays. 36 was total yards from scrimmage. Leading the way for Alcoa tonight, Saftar McCrary, 6 of 6 for 115 yards, one touchdown. Zach Lunsford, 4 of 8, one interception and one touchdown. Camden Burden, 1 of 1, 17 yards and a touchdown as well. Alcoa's passing leaders did an outstanding job tonight. Ahmad Sankey, 20 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Cox, 3 carries, 46 yards and a touchdown as well for Alcoa. Alcoa had the ball for 27 minutes and 19 seconds. And Jet Foley was 5 of 5 on extra points for an outstanding and perfect night. So there you have it, Heath. That's what we have for the statistics. Well, Scott, a fantastic um, second-half performance by the Tornadoes and an interesting stat as Alcoa after being tied at seven for a majority of the ball game, the last six minutes and 33 seconds rolled off 28 unanswered points. So Alcoa really got things going and were very impressive here at the last part of this ball game. And it was just nothing that Blackman had to answer for. And uh, hopefully a lot of momentum for Alcoa as they move into week two and will open up region play against the Roadrunners of Austin East. Oh, yeah, and Roadrunners are losers to Webb last night, so um, they're definitely going to have their work cut out for them as they prepare for Alcoa. Yeah, they certainly will. Scott is, you know, losing uh, their quarterback, Trey Foster, who graduated last season. So uh, having to replace that, I'm sure, wasn't easy. Also losing their head coach, I believe he actually moved to Georgia and took a job out there. So Austin, he's having to replace their head coach, having to replace their quarterback, 
and also struggling with what a lot of teams struggled with, right, is not having as much of an opportunity to practice. And for some teams, Scott, that can make all the difference, especially with maybe some teams having the lack of resources that other schools might have the ability to use and and be able to work their way and navigate their way through something like this. And so we'll see how that affects different schools in and out throughout the season. But um, it was a a tough, hard-fought game and probably a well-needed hard-fought game to begin the year for Alcoa, just like last season. Kind of a wake-up call at the very first game from the jump to say, hey, listen, this isn't going to be easy. You're not just going to roll through the season. Um, You may have won the state championship last year, but you're still going to have to work to get there this year. And so Blackman was a really great first opponent. All right, Heath, and this is always Coach Rankin's message to let the players know that they are heading into a – very tough uh, set of competition and get them ready not only for the season but to let them know that the competition as they get towards the playoffs will be just as tough. So got Austin East, a good team, uh, usually one that gives us a lot of problems coming up on um, next Friday night, I believe. And then, uh, of course, you have Scott County and Maribel looming, but uh, I think Blackman, as you were talking about the coach earlier there, probably finding out a little bit more of what they need to work on as well as they head back home. Yeah, some good opportunities for Blackman to be able to learn from this game and take as they move forward, um, but also for Alcoa. And uh, one of the things Alcoa does a really good job of doing is scheduling some really tough opponents that aren't regional play to really prepare them throughout the season for the upcoming playoffs. And to be honest, I know this is not a game that Rankin says he circles on his calendar, but for many of us, we do. This is a great game to prepare you for a few weeks from now when you play a team like Maribel. It's going to be bigger in size. It's going to have a lot of depth. That's going to come and hit you in the mouth. And I think that this is a game that really preps them for that early on. And uh, and a hats off to the coaches for scheduling these type of opponents. That's uh, the second year in a row, Scott, where there's going to be three 6A teams on this Alcoa schedule. Alcoa is just a 3A football program. So these teams are twice their size, and they're still able to hold their own and more often than not win. As Alcoa currently now on a 12-game winning streak. We'll talk a little bit more as we close out in just a minute. But, Scott, I'm actually going to hand the headset over to Trevor Dunkel, who is going to give us some of our final scoreboard updates for those of you who may have missed some of the games Friday night and how things wrapped up today. All right, thank you, Heath. Uh, one quick update is the Fulton South Oil game. Well, I'll give you an update now, and then um, if there's any change by the time we're done, I'll give an update then as well. Uh, but Fulton traveled to South Oil tonight, the only other game played uh, tonight. Um, last year, South Oil just destroyed Fulton, 42-3. to um, So Fulton went um, hoping to, to have a better and closer game, but – South Oil's leading 28-10. to 10. However, there's still a lot of time left as they have two minutes left in the third quarter. So they haven't even started the fourth quarter yet. So there is time for Fulton to make a comeback. And then, uh, like Keith said, a couple of updates from games from Thursday and Friday. If you missed uh, this update earlier at halftime, uh, William Blunt traveling to Maribel. William Blunt ending last season 4-7, to seven, hope, hoping to have a better season this year, but Started off uh, on the wrong foot as they lost to Maribel 49-7. to And then Heritage uh, coming into the season with a 25-game losing streak. Hasn't won since 2017. Um, so they started off the year um, with a win uh, as they played Lenore City, winning 21-7. to And Greenback, who had an um, incredible year last year, going 12-3, and um, lost last night to Loudon, 41-0. to zero. And then Seymour hosted Kings Academy in the Battle of Seymour. Seymour losing to Kings Academy, 28-21. to 21. That game was played this morning as there was a rain delay last night. Um, and then some updates for region um, games that, for teams that are in Alcoa's region. Uh, Webb traveled to Austin East, and like uh, Scott was talking about earlier, Webb won 48-14. And then the Scott Highlanders traveled to Cumberland County Jets. The Jets lost that game 20-12 to the Highlanders. And then West Green traveled to Northview. That was a good game till the end. Northport View pulling that out 27-17. to 
Northview had a terrible season last year, going one and nine, hoping to uh, to bounce back this season and get a couple of more wins. And then Kingston traveled to Harriman. Kingston pulling out the win, thirty-five to twelve. And lastly, Claiborne and Pigeon Forge ended in a tie, both at zero. So they both going into the season zero, zero, and one. Well. Looks like a very interesting Friday night and Saturday. Trevor, thank you very much for that, giving us the update of what all has happened. And tonight, again, your score, Alcoa 35, Blackman 7, as Heath is headed back on the headset again. And um, we'll let him give you the good nights tonight. (laughs) Well, thanks, Scott. Thanks, Trevor. Um, a, a fantastic game by the crew and a great way to start our season with an Alcoa Tornado win, continuing to do what we saw a lot of last year as it's now 12 in a row from last season into this year for the Alcoa Tornadoes. We wish them and all the fans out there the best this week. Everyone stay safe, take care of yourself so that we can uh, hopefully see you again next week. And We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back uh, same bad time, same bad channel, but this time on Friday, we will be joined in on the headset and uh, tune in for uh, Marty Millsop and myself on the call, Scott Dunkel on the statistical breakdown, Trevor on the social media updates, and Andy at the studio rocking it out as always. Andy, we greatly appreciate your help. We couldn't do what we do tonight without your service, so thank you so much. But again, thanks everyone for listening to the Twin Cities Certified in Maryville Game of the Week here on Rocky Top Sports Radio. I'm Heath Dunkel for Scott Dunkel, Marty Millsaps, and Trevor Dunkel. Until next time, your final, Alcoa 35, Blackman 7. So long, good night, and yes, that just happened. We are Windy City Grill, and we brought Chai Town Taste to the 865. Chicago-style food and a fun atmosphere. Windy City Grill is a great place to watch your favorite games and enjoy wings, burgers, pizza, and more. At Windy City Grill, we have live entertainment most weekends and cornhole tournaments every Wednesday night. Stop by and see what all the excitement's about at Windy City Grill, located at 2641 U.S. Highway 411 South in Maryville. Best of luck with Trevor's Tornado Trivia. Lunch or dinner is on us for every winner up to $10. Find Windy City Grill on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll see you soon at Windy City Grill in Maryville. WKVL 850 AM Maryville and WKVL 100.9 FM Maryville.